You're listening to the New York Jets Life Podcast. Damn, we really suck. Hello, everyone. This is Chili the Beast from Jets Life Radio, Jets Life Podcast. Straight off our another loss on Monday Night Football after our back-to-back second Monday Night game versus the Dolphins. Oh, man, lots to talk about. First off, Jets Life. You may notice us from uh, Facebook and Twitter. Very active on Facebook. We are fans preaching to fans. So Jets Life, are like our logo says, by fans, for fans, telling you the truth, tell you how I feel. Jet fan for life, Jet fan always, forever. You know, just average guys here. Telling you how we feel. Hopefully you feel the same. You probably do, especially after this season. 2-10, and 2-10. and ten. Not good. Worst season under Rex Ryan ever as a head coach. Worst season since Rich Kotai era. Worst part about it is we're not even the number one pick. We're going to be in that five spot as we speak right now. Four games left to play this season and the five spot, two and ten. Well, the bright spot is there is teams out there that are worse than us. Hey, the Giants lost to the Jags this week. How much worse can it get? All right. We're going to start the day off, this podcast off, with 277 rushing yards. If I told you that a team was going to get the Jets were going to get 277 rushing yards in the game. You would think we're going to win. Shit, I would think we're going to win. 277. That's a lot. 105 from Chris Johnson, who, where has that been all year long? 62 from Ivory. Percy Harvin getting rushes. John Connor getting rushes. Geno Smith using the legs. End of rounds. Greg Salas on, a, on an end of round for a touchdown. The problem with 277 rushing yards is we only totaled 326. 16 pass attempts for 49 yards. I think the game plan was awesome. Rest knows his fate. Morningwig knows his fate. This coach's staff knows its fate. These guys wanted Mike Vick to start for the sake of their jobs, for the sake of their fans. Rex, team guy. But you have to understand management. They want to see what they got out of these young players. Now, a lot of young players played in this game, but they wanted to see Gino. We all know Gino's done. We all know Gino's not the answer. We all know that he's never going to be the answer. But they have to see what they get out of him. I get that. But when the coach doesn't want to do that, doesn't trust the guy, this is the kind of game plan we're going to get. They didn't trust Gino. He only threw the ball 16 times. The plan was to run, 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 run. This game plan was a big fuck you to John Idzik and to tell Woody Johnson how you really feel. And hopefully Woody Johnson noticed. They made him start, Geno Smith, and Rex let him know that, okay, we'll start him. We're not going to let him do anything. I don't trust the dude. He sucks. He's not an NFL quarterback. So we're going to run. 49 attempts. 49 attempts for 277 yards. Now in Geno's defense... 16 attempts. He missed a lot of open receivers like he always does. His two turnovers, one 
was handing the ball off. It slipped out of his hand. It looked like he was trying to pop it. The guy's a turtle machine. Rex knows it. We know it. Miami did nothing special. We surprised them. They came out flat. You could say a lot of things about this game, but it was a winnable game for us. Hey, Nick Folk, he's one of the best kickers in the league. He had a bad day. It sucks that he had a bad day and we lost a game for it. But he missed two field goals. Hey, a 48-yarder, jersey, cold, missable. The other one, it's a missable field goal also. It's uncharacteristic of the dude, but it's a winnable game. He makes those two field goals. Not blaming that guy. That uh, that game plan was a big fuck you. That was a statement saying, Rex, I'm out of here. Personally, I don't know how he survived after that night by having that game plan after the management wanted to see what they get out of Geno Smith. I'm not saying management wants Geno to step back 50 times and chuck the ball, but they wanted more out of him, 16 attempts. I thought it was creative. I thought it had a really creative game plan. Morningwig, I mean, he comes out one week and he's got a great game plan. The next week he looks like he's coaching a high school team. End of rounds, getting guys involved, getting the playmakers the ball. Jeremy Curley, we know this guy's fast. We know this guy could do things. Percy Harvin, you know, the attempts weren't there. The catches weren't there, but he touched the ball a handful of times and got him in space, got him on end of rounds. Greg Salas, the last person you expect, scores his first touchdown. 20-yard rushing rushing play for a touchdown. Great. I mean, it was exciting. It was exciting to watch. It was cool. Up until halftime. Then the game was an absolute bore. Miami came out to play. The biggest thing I noticed about it is the players are done. The players didn't want to block for Geno. Any single pass they got decimated on. Geno's got hit on almost every single one of his pass plays. He was scared towards the end and started forcing the ball and missing wide open receivers as usual. They didn't want to play for him. They weren't picking him off the floor. Nothing. They have no faith in a guy also this offensive line. That running game, they blocked the hell holes, huge holes, huge holes everywhere. They were blocking for those running backs. They were blocking for Rex. They weren't blocking for Gino, and they weren't blocking for that management. They weren't playing for that management. They're playing for Rex that night, and his game plan worked. He blitzed, he blitzed, he blitzed. They loved it. We haven't done that in a while. We haven't had to. We couldn't do it. Now, Rex knows his fate. He played old Rex Ryan football, and the guys loved it. Ground and pound. Hey, it didn't translate to a win. But if that's how Rex is going to go out, he deserves to go out like that. Miami got it together. Defense made some stops on some predictable plays. The play calling became suspect all over again. Hey, maybe the GM called down and says, cool it. Who knows? I'm not saying that's what the deal is. Actually, another article came out this week saying how a veteran in the locker room said, we packed it in. The season's over. We know our fate. We're out of here. We're just thinking about the offseason. That's what these guys are mentally, man. Two and ten. What do you expect? I mean, I'd play for free. And I'd put my heart out in the line. But I'm one of those select few nut jobs that could say that. These guys are here to collect a paycheck. They're done with the season. They know their fate. They're trying not to get injured, hit free agency, and make some money, some of them. Two and ten. Two and ten. Terrible. Terrible. And now it's all coming to life with John Idzik and his suspect moves all year long. People are starting to notice. The media is starting to notice. 
There's articles about it. There's articles about how he's made terrible moves all year. His free agent classes. We cut another guy from his first free agent class, Antoine Barnes, battling injuries all year long. We cut him for a backup tight end this last week. Antoine Barnes, situational pass rusher, player. When he's on the field, he's good. Like I said, when he's on the field. But we cut him. You have to think about it. He signed Goodson, Barnes. These guys haven't panned out. He's going the cheap way. $21 million. You know, we're always talking about that. Not spent. Going cheap, trying to get these these role players. Not working out. This guy's supposed to be some kind of talent evaluator, some kind of scout. I don't see it, man. I don't buy it. I think he bullshit his way in an interview. Woody liked it. End of story. He he obviously can't, you know, evaluate these players. Players in the NFL right now, these free agents, these other guys that he's looking to make trades for and stuff, he, he definitely can't evaluate the rookies. I mean, we all know that situation, 12 draft picks. We're not going to get into that, though. We're going to talk about this game a little bit more. There's some things, you know, happened. Antoine Barnes being cut made, made uh, you know, some playing time for our, uh, some of our rookies, some of our younger guys. Linebacker number 51, we call him Ick. I can't even pronounce this guy's name. His name is Ick. You know, he went in there, he showed some flashes. Kendrick Ellis, where has that guy been? His first sack of the season. Where has he been? He's been, you know, he's been inactive some games. Comes in, plays well. I understand he played because Moe's been out. He played well. Very, very well. Him and Dame, big Dame, big snacks. Damon Harrison on that front line. I mean, they were good. They played really well, man. Quentin Copel's playing that defensive end position. Again, plays when he wants. Some flashes, sometimes he doesn't flash. That's how it goes with him. I guess that's what we got out of that guy. Another bad pick. Two parts of this game that were very uh, fun to me. The Wayne Corbett being inducted into the uh, Jets' ring of honor. One of the good things that Woody Johnson has done since becoming owner, who, again, uh, according to Rolling Stone, is now the 15th worst owner in professional sports. That's including baseball, hockey, basketball, football, Professional sports, anti-professional sport. Woody Johnson was voted 15th or ranked 15th worst owner of professional sports. But I can say the one thing he has done that's been good is start this ring of honor. Start honoring our ex-players, our veterans. The guys have gave their heart and soul and are very much deserving to be in this ring of honor. And I'm being a little partial here, but my favorite, Wayne Corbett, number 80 to Green Lantern from Hofstra, undrafted rookie free agent. Great story. We all know it as Jeff fans. Inducted the Ring of Honor. Seeing 40 alumni to come out and show this guy respect. That's how, that's how much this guy has been respected on and off the field and still is respected to come and give him praise and honor. He was choked up. He was emotional. Hail, I was too. Great. I was very excited for it when I found out about this beginning of the year when they announced it. Sucks we didn't get the win. But it was very fitting to see him out there with his family, with his ex-players, seeing his name up there. And our ex-old original owner, Leon Hess, you know, he got us a Super Bowl. Other than that, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of bad years. Very much deserving, though. Great story. Great time in the game. Probably the most entertaining part of the game. And then we have our good friends at firejohnidzik.com who led a quote-unquote flash mob 
and protest in the stands. They had 10-foot-long banners, and I hope you guys can see it, and you can go on firejohnedzik.com, and you can like them on Facebook. Also, they're on our links all the time. I'm always taking their photos and putting them on our stuff, and it's fun. We're having fun with this, but these guys are on a roll. They have T-shirts, hoodies, everything. They're out there. They got the protest signs, Fire John Edzik. They were actually escorted out of the stadium. They were kicked out of the stadium. Where do you think that came from? You know, Woody had to see that. Woody had to notice it. I'm sure Idzik has. Remember that plane that was flying around practice? Excellent. Excellent. That wasn't through them. That was from an uh, actual female Jeff fan who paid $1,000 to have that put up. But sitting there, Rex and Woody and Idzik were sitting there looking at that plane having a laugh. Amazing. You know, the biggest protest of them all, and which really should have gotten Woody's attention, is that the stadium was like a third full, maybe half at least a third full of Jet fans and the rest of Miami fans, equaling half full stadium. There was over, reportedly, over 400 tickets on StubHub for less than $25 to a Monday night football game, a Monday night football game, to watch your favorite team play at home. Less than $25 for a Monday night football game. Those are the games that I want to go to. Not this year, but those are the games that you mark on your calendar when you get your season tickets or when you're at a Jet fan and you're out of state or you don't, you're just wanting to go to games. Those are games you want to go to. Not to see a 2-9 and nine team play and become 2-10, and 10, but that's what should have got him. You know, that's where it hits Woody the hardest, the pocket. Then to see the protest for the few fans that did come out in the freezing weather to see this abysmal team play and then to protest on it, Excellent. I thought it was great. Very entertaining. It was on national television. The other best thing that we saw, and I know you guys saw it if you were watching the game, was the eight-year-old, nine-year-old kid sitting there. They put the fo- the camera on him, and he's drinking a beer. Nah, I was joking. He wasn't drinking a beer. There was an empty beer bottle and a cup next to him, and when he put his face in the shot, that's what they showed. But hey, Jets, making the kids start early. Joking again. This team makes me drink. You guys see those shirts? Got to get one. They do. I need one. I still need one after Monday night. You know, back to Geno Smith. Back to the game plan. You got Eric Decker, our big prized free agent signing. He's matched up against a guy. I don't even know this dude's name. He was signed Tuesday to the active roster, and he's starting. Very similar to our cornerback situation, which is pretty comical. But we didn't take a shot at this dude all night long with our number one, quote-unquote, number one receiver who was our biggest free agent splash in, in years. We don't take a shot at him. I know that game plan was what it was, 49 attempts, a big fuck you to, to the general manager and to uh, owner John Edzik. I mean, general manager John Edzik and owner Woody Johnson. But you got to take a shot. That's how you know that Geno's done. They didn't trust him. They didn't trust him at all. I mean, it just shows, again, that on that final drive when he's forced to pass. Now, again, I, like I said, he's, you can't, it's not all on Geno. You know, he, you run the ball all game long, and in the final drive with a minute and 50 left or something, you tell the guy he's got to pass 10 times to get down and score and get you in field goal range. 
But again, a terrible throw. Triple coverage, forcing the ball into there. Cumberland, you know, trying to make a play on it. Defensive back makes a play on it. It gets deflected. But triple coverage, triple coverage. Go through your progressions, go through reads. Earlier in the game, we're going to touch on this. Guy can't read a D. He still can't read that D. Overload blitz. I remember it. To our left side, which is Miami's right side. We could see it coming. Plain sight. No audible. No audible to the other side, the opposite side. And we run right into it. Happened numerous times. Every single pass play. You know, our passing downs. We know it's third down. They know we're going to pass. We have to. It's third and eight, third and nine, third and ten, third and fifteen. Because of the undisciplinedness of our offensive line. Again, and some other times. But you have to audible. It just proves the guy can't read a defense. Reportedly, now I guys, you guys, you guys all know this that Gino wasn't announced in the uh, pregame presentations. New York Jets in the pregame presentations announced their offense. You know how that goes. Each player gets announced. Everybody cheers. Reportedly, Gino came to the public address announcer or whoever it may have been, and said, I would not like to be announced with the starting offense tonight because he was afraid of being booed by our home crowd. Oh, he would have been booed in those pregame announcements. He knows it. He sees the writing on the wall. He's done in New York. We don't know who our coach is going to be or a GM, hopefully a new GM. But, I mean, I could hopefully say he's done in New York. He didn't want to do it. There's a rumor out there that management came and said that Gino is not going to be announced because they're trying to take pressure off themselves and they don't want to hear this booze. You know, they want to see roses and everything be all peachy and when in all reality, it's we have a debacle on our hands. Well, this week... We're gonna tell. We're done with this game. I'm done with it. I'm over it. Two and ten again. Fifth spot so far in the uh, draft. This week, the Jets head over to Minnesota, outdoor stadium. Minnesota Vikings playing pretty decent football. Had a win last week. Getting it done with a rookie quarterback. They struggle too. They got some pieces that you know don't work well for them, and they're in a rebuilding phase. Also. We go out there, believe it's a 1 o'clock game. Outdoor stadium, playing a college venue since their stadium is being built. So we'll see. It's going to be cold. I don't know about the rest of the weather. But uh, we'll see what they do. We'll see what the game plan is going to be like. It's a winnable game. It's one of those games when you get the schedule beginning of the year and you see the Minnesota Vikings knowing they're rebuilding. That uh, That's a winnable game. It's a game we should win as a franchise. You know, 8-8 eight and eight last year. Only going to get better, right? Now, well, I'm not so sure. But definitely a winnable game for this team we have. We'll see what the game plan is going to be. Apparently, Geno's starting again. So, look for more ground to pound. Um, I put a post out on our Facebook page this week saying if you have any questions, comments, concerns, and we'll try and address them on this podcast. Well, I got one. You know, we're we're relatively new. We have 1,600 likes on Facebook. So, uh John Carroll, one of our guys, he's actually active on our posts. It's good. So, hey, John, here's your shout-out. He wants to know who we think would be a good fit 
for GM and coach. John, I mean, I'm just a dude like you, but anyone, right? Anybody. I mean, I think the Jets have to go on the offense for coach. We have to do something. All this talk with Harbaugh, um, the trade, I don't know too much about that, man. I mean, if we get him cheap or as a free agent or Miami, San Francisco cuts him. I don't want to do a trade. I definitely wouldn't give him one up for him or a two or a three. Maybe they waited out. I think we need an offensive coach. We need someone to develop quarterback, someone that knows what they're doing. Uh, GM, you got me, dude. I mean, I'm looking at teams that constantly win, winning traditions, winning players. I mean, a young guy, a very um, good scouting background, like, you know, like John Enzik was supposed to be. You know, these Pittsburgh Steelers, they've been winning forever. They win with shitty teams. They've been winning forever. Get what guy from there, you know? You know, make him young. Get him young. Buffalo's got a young guy that they hired. They're doing good things with this guy. He's got a different mind state. You want a different thought than we had. Anything different than what we had, have right now, is what I want. You know, and that's how it goes. We have a defensive coach right now. So we're going to go offense. I think that's the way to go. We need a dynamic offense. Um, a name to look for out there is all these guys from San Francisco. Another dark horse that I like. I don't know if he's quite ready to coach in the NFL right now. But is this guy from New Orleans, Joe Lombardi. I mean, he's running the New Orleans offense. Not great this year. Came from Green Bay, I believe. But he's running a dynamic offense. Drew Brees. I mean, of course, the puzzle, the pieces of the puzzle need to fit, but that's a big piece. Again, John Carroll, thanks for the question. Guys, send some more questions in next week. We'll touch on We'll touch base on them, all right? All right, Brent, done. We, uh, we're going to try and do these podcasts on a weekly basis, so look for us on our website. Again, I'm Chili the Beast, Staten Island, New York, Jets fan for life, for Jets Life podcast, by fans, for fans. You like us on Facebook, like us on Twitter. Read our articles, bro. They're good. You know, it's, it's, it's what real fans want. Again, like us on Twitter, like us on Facebook. Thanks for listening to the New York Jets Life podcast.